Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Stephanie. Thank you for doing this with me and letting me be self-indulgent and talk about my music for Yeah, of course. That's like part of the job of being an artist. <laughs> yeah, and I hate it. I hate promoting myself. But totally. This is, this is the, the thing. So let's talk about me and my music. <laughs> Sweet. I'm done with before we start, what have you been listening to during this pandemic? During the pandemic, I've kind of been doing a lot of just like my comfort music or like music that I know I already like rather than like venturing out. I was probably doing a lot more venturing out at the start, but then as like, you know, the the walls keep closing in, I'm like, I need things that make me comfortable. So the the list of things that I've been saying on the podcast for like ever now. So it's Sunlux and Radiohead and everything, everything, a lot of clipping as well. So yeah, my usual go-tos because well, although I have been listening to like ambient Brian Eno stuff in the background. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I've also been listening to this album, Bloom, for a while now, too, just because I was like, I got the masters back from Dustin. And Dustin's the one who mastered it. Ooh. And I just like had it playing in the background just so I could ingest it. And it really, I mean, it's just the album, but louder. But, you know, that's that's what mastering is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, yay. That's so much nicer with not my touch <laughs> it's nice when you can get it off your hands and you're just like someone else take care of this I yeah can't. exactly <laughs> everything everything has a new album coming out later this year as well so i'm excited for that Sweet. but oh yeah and since i mentioned clipping they recently put out a thing that is chapter 319 which is like a protest track very very blatant protest track we've been getting a lot of those it actually samples george floyd because he did wow. like he rapped back in the day george floyd did yeah oh wow i didn't know that yeah so tell us about the whole process of this album coming together let's just do this track yeah so this track is stream so the the order of the tracks are actually in in sequential order when i wrote them oh and so there's no like, ooh, I want this one here because it'll flow nicely with the everything. It's actually just like a time capsule of my development as a composer. So I started it in 2013 and kind of finalized it in 2016. And so I was in music school. I was majoring in vocal music at, at the time. And every morning... I would go into a practice room before class at like 8 a.m. and start practicing all my vocal stuff. But then since all, all these practice rooms have pianos in them, I would also just like noodle around on piano if I got bored. And so what ended up with this track is I, well, I was also taking like the required piano classes and stuff. And so I was learning all my scales and piano skills and stuff. And so I had enjoyed how E major felt in my hand. And so I kind of just found this melody. And 
It just felt like kind of nice and pretty. And for some reason, I always seem to write in loops. And so after I messed around with that idea in just under my hands and every once in a while on the piano in the practice room, I was like, all right, sure. This will be another like kind of just comfortable track to upload to SoundCloud. And so, yeah, it starts with... And then it it just kind of persists through the entire thing. Like the the left hand is just doing that the entire time. And it's it's kind of funny because I actually had to do like two separate pianos. It's not just like me playing it on both hands because the I wanted the pedal to keep bringing out those notes, mm-hmm. but I didn't want the pedal to be for the melody. And so it's just two separate pianos that bottom line is just ringing that out with the pedal but the melody is not doing it with and the other part is that like i i I was actually thinking about this earlier because i finished some commissions for the electric pizza commissioning project and one of the pieces i was writing it was a, a piano piece and i was like man no one agrees on pedal markings ever. And so... Now that's a T. Right, yeah, no, I know. And so it's like, I could either be really specific with these pedal markings or I could just leave it up to them, but I don't want to leave it up to them. Yeah. (laughs) And and there's other times where like, it should be left up to them. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, you could just like hold the pedal down for the entire thing. But anyways, that's that's just a, a separate conversation. But I think that you're talking to classical pianists, right, or exactly. former classical pianists. So it's like I remember there was one piece. I think it was a Chopin piece, and it was a nocturne. Mm-hmm. And I spent the entire hour lesson just on pedal markings, and I like yeah. went home and I like cried because I was like, "This is so much." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, so you expect the musician to like find each chord change and do mm-hmm. the pedal and stuff like that. And or, there's like different levels of like pedal you can right. use. Right. Well, I mean, half pedaling isn't that different, but yeah, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> so I, I think maybe composers should just stop being lazy and just. Shots fired. No. Yeah. Just like freaking. Intend your pedal markings, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I I do find that like I did have to separate the pedal on one voice from the other voice. Anyways, so what I came to find as I was putting this into Ableton is that this melody works as a round. Mm-hmm. So a round like row, row, row your boat where you can have people stagger when they come in and the whole thing makes this nice complete thing and so i added this flute is that a mellotron sound so it's actually i'm gonna get all hipster with this yes okay okay (laughs) there are these plugins Mm -hmm. by someone called tweakbench online okay they were free uh but they're exclusive to PC. No. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, plugins for me because I'm a PC and all this stuff. And so I, I'm super 
proud that for some reason that like I have these exclusive PC plugins and then I had to like whenever Ableton updated from 32 bit to 64 bit all those old plugins didn't work and so I had to pay $50 for like a thing that bridges them up to 64 bit it's a silly thing but at at the same time it's like really nice because now I can just use any old plugin because like people just make freeware stuff all the time and so it's nice to have that sort of stuff because instead of trying to pay like a thousand dollars for some waves plugin mm-hmm. you can just like try some cool weird stuff that someone made for free like 10 years ago right and that's kind of what the stuff is and so it's, it's like a, a plug-in pack and it, it's called tapeworm oh, okay. and so it's, it's this very like tape sounding like old recording and i i love the sound like i still am using it like on those commission pieces that i mentioned earlier like i used it on that as well and so like i'm still using this plugin that i got like forever ago so yeah i was really surprised at how warm it sounded because i think as you do more like audio production stuff you can kind of tell when something is hardware when it's like electronic Mm. um like in the computer and i thought you had like used a melodron or like they're not what are they called the omnicords it sounded a lot like that so i was like santiago about omnicord (laughs) but no it sounded really good i was really shocked i was really it's really pretty. Oh, thanks. I guess something to note about me is that I don't give a damn about gear. Right. <laughs> which is which, like one reason. Good. Yeah, sure. It's expensive. Yeah, exactly. I'm a poor musician. I don't. <laughs> I can't afford buying like freaking right. thousands of dollars worth of synthesizers. And so instead, I just download free shit online. <laughs> and so I kind of take pride in the fact that I do everything out of the box as weird as that may sound but like you know i i don't have to pay so much that's nice (laughs) and so yeah so there's that flute sound and then there's a like string sound yeah so those are uh, yeah and i love it because it sounds so shitty but it sounds so nice yeah well i think People are like searching for those sounds these days. I don't know, like Mellotrons are like actively being reproduced to kind of have that mm-hmm. warm, not great sound. Yeah. Because um, people are like actively wanting that. And those two sounds, that's why I thought you had an Omnicorder, like you were using some kind of expensive Mellotron app or something. Because mm-hmm. um, they sound really good and they sound a lot like what their reproductions are sounding like. And the yeah. originals, because they sound pretty identical yeah well there's actually also a a tape knob Mm, and so you can turn up how much like tape hiss is Mm, in it so i mean it's it's like it's intentionally sounding like that and so the the last one's this this trumpet it's so nice i like it (laughs) i really like those layers um i was surprised when i heard them come in in that song but i was like okay okay Yeah. Well, I don't know. It it was like, so like I was saying, the, the whole album I made over time and now that I'm putting it out, I'm sort of giving meaning where there may not have been whenever I originally made it. So like I ended up calling it stream because it's around and it like thinking of row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And so <laughs> that's why it's called stream. But the other part is that 
merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And so using that kind of idea of life and the stream, I feel like this is sort of about friends in a weird way. The whole, like all of life is this stream and you're kind of playing your, your melody of life that, and then other friends come in to like their melodies are similar and sound different, but they're coming in at different times and we're all kind of going through this thing together. And so it's this really nice thing. Like all the other instruments coming in are like your friends coming in and joining you and like singing a song with you or playing a song with you. And that's, that's what I feel is like really nice about the song. It's like one of the, the simpler tracks on the album. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it needed too much more. Mm -hmm. It just like introduces the melody kind of varies it a little bit. And then here's a flute playing with it. So it's like, Oh, here's one friend. And then by the end of it, here's like, Oh, we have like a whole gang here. <laughs> it's like a sponge. The gang's all here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a simple thing. And I, I specifically wanted you to talk about this track because you are originally a piano player and you are like, mm -hmm. you're a keyboard player. Mm -hmm. So I guess I wanted to hear your thoughts about like the piano-ness of it or the synthiness of it or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. After I listened to it, I was like, I think Santiago purposely gave me this one for a reason. <laughs> it's really good. It reminds me a lot of like, what Trent Reznor and like Brian Eno do and that they just have like a motif of just a piano because they're not like professional keyboard players, but they do, mm. they can play keyboard. And so they'll just stick with an idea and then they'll develop it and they'll layer it and they're really great at it. I think that's one of their biggest strengths as ambient writers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yours did that. Yeah. Like when I, the layers are my favorite in addition to the fact that they sound like they're from a mellotron and I love <laughs> mellotrons. That is really cool. They, the specific sounds you got worked perfectly together. Yeah. Just because yeah. it was like a string, right? Strings. Yeah. A flute. Uh, flute I didn't trumpet. hear the, I didn't hear the trumpet, but now that you mentioned it, I think I, I can hear the I mean, trumpet like now. a brass or whatever. You, like yeah. Because it's, it's, it's it a doesn't shitty sound like recording, it, yeah. anyways. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are like, those have been my go-to sounds lately as I'm like writing and everything. So it was really like cool to hear it somewhere else too. Yeah. There's something strangely nostalgic about it in the... Definitely. Like that like weird tinny flute sound just like feels like nostalgia. And so yeah. I actually end up using that flute in a lot of my stuff mm -hmm. just because I really like that small kind of humble flute sound in a way yeah but it's, the, it's the like piercing Some. in a way but like rather than using like flute samples or something which do sound nice but like i think that plug-in the tapeworm instrument is like one of my go-to's whenever i need something that fits in that like nostalgia sphere <laughs> yeah and like i traded my old synthesizer in for um sequential circuits Mm. And they're known for doing like older sounds. So like they do have like Mellotron sounds in their keyboard and their synthesizers. And like that's one of the sounds that I really wanted and it's in the synth that I have. 
And I like that it does not hide the fact that it knows it doesn't sound like a flute and it's not trying to sound like a flute. It's trying yeah. to sound like a flute from a vintage synthesizer. Exactly. And I love it. It's so warm. And one of my favorite band uses it live in one of their tracks. And it's a song about the Rio Grande and it's, it it's on super like watery and like. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, water. we had this, re- <laughs> yeah, we had this recurring theme of Stream, water yeah. and streams and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, no, the, it all makes sense. One last thing that I'll note is that you kind of mentioned Brian Eno and Trent Reznor and, and I'm kind of noticing that ambient production or electronic production has a different kind of composition method in the yes. like way we back in the Patrick about this <laughs> if you haven't already we had like a lesson where I was just like we're talking about ambient music and the yeah. philosophy well so yeah well back in the day like people would make a, a motif and then expand upon it and the motif itself would develop more music but rather than make more melodies from this motif with electronic production, the motif is the thing and you keep repeating that and the layers that happen on top of it is the further composition. Yeah. And so it's not so much like, what can I do to this melody? It's more like, what can I put around this melody? Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of ambient production like listening to Brian Eno, listening to Trent Reznor, Boards of Canada, Aphex Twin, and stuff like that. It's one loop the whole time. It's just different other sounds come in to accompany it and different sounds come out. Yeah. And that's that happens a lot in Bloom is I, I liked the idea and I didn't want to move away from it. And so I just added more to it. Yeah. The way that I always kind of saw ambient music in that respect is that like you have a moment of time and it's just floating by. And you're just kind of like watching that moment interact with its surroundings and stuff. And I think that's why I really like ambient music in addition to the fact that I have a really bad attention span. <laughs> so when I listen to ambient music, I can choose to listen to that entire motif, the entire song, or I can choose to listen to specific ones as the song progresses. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest important thing to note about this album is that it's not intended to be like you're not supposed to just like pay attention to it the whole time you can if you want and Mm -hmm. and if you do there's still stuff for you there if you if you want to pay attention for it but like you don't have to because it it is really repetitive it is really background music but if you really do want to put it on in the background or be focused or lose focus and then bring your focus back again like that's that's kind of the the thing that I'm playing with throughout the whole album. So yeah. <laughs> and I think to me that's what makes ambient different from post rock. This is like a super like detail that nobody <laughs> probably cares about, but I care about. It's that post rock I think post rock is more of like explosions in the sky. Hmm. They develop their ideas and that like they will change the motif and they will expand on it. But ambient music doesn't do that as yeah. intensely because it's if it does, then you can't like have it on the background music and it's just, it's too distracting at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, with ambient, it's just like, I'm okay being right where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's fine. So did you have any troubles in layering it? Because for me, when I've done like, I have been dabbling a lot into like industrial dance music and like 
electronic pop music and it's all about layers. Mm. But when I switch over to ambient music, I find myself thinking it doesn't have enough layers. So it sounds not great, but then I don't know what else to add or either it's just like the atmosphere is not right. Did you have any like issues with the song thinking I need to add more layers or? I think what it was is I was okay with it being as simple as it was. Um, but whenever I came back to these tracks in like 2015, mm-hmm. once I had already done a little bit of music production at ACM, I realized like, oh, this needs some panning. Yeah. And panning actually does a lot to just give space and give room for stuff. And like the the difficult part with panning is that like you become scared of like, Now I have too much on the left and not enough on the right and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to have stuff be uneven if it's just for a short time or whatever it might be. And so I feel like whenever I came back and added the panning, it really gave a lot more life and the layers were kind of having their own perspective Mm -hmm. because of where they were in the stereo field. Mm -hmm. And so it feels more like a friend coming in to sing the song with you whenever it's like hard on the left. And then this other friend comes in to mm-hmm. join you and they're hard on the right. And so it's like, you're surrounded yeah. by these friends. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah. Do you have stuff to plug? I don't. Okay. Wear well, a mask. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Simple enough, but you know, be good to people. <laughs> yes. As Kiss said, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> awesome. Wear your mask. Please wear your mask. Yeah. <laughs> and now here's Stream in its entirety.
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Bloom will be available on August 8th, streaming everywhere. Put it on in the background. Put it on your workout playlist. Show it to your friends so you can all enjoy it together. You can also buy the thing and get bonus content to get a bit deep into the emotions you can feel with it. I also make music with PowerCycle, an experimental electronic trio. Our first completely improvised album, Too Many Damn Cables, is streaming everywhere. More to come from PowerCycle in the future. To support this podcast, leave reviews, comments, tell your friends about it, and buy my music. Because by supporting me, you're supporting the podcast. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong.